Hello, welcome to Liberal Europe, a podcast on ideas, politics and all things European, European Liberal Forum project. My name is Leszek Jaszczewski and I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello, it is Leszek Jaszczewski, welcome to Liberal Europe. My guest today is Hanna Cichy, who is the leading economist analyst in, in Poland and the senior business analyst at the Political Insights. Anna, welcome to Liberal Europe. We would like to talk today to you about the Ukraine crisis between uh, Ukraine and Poland. Uh, it has led to the public exchange between Ukrainian and Polish presidents during QN General Assembly in New York. Uh, the bilateral meeting was cancelled. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky criticized Polish ally, saying that it is alarming to see how some in Europe are helping to set the stage to a Moscow actor, uh, while Polish President Andrzej Duda Uh, made equally controversial comments on Ukraine. Um, I would compare it to something like a drowning person. A drowning person is extremely dangerous because he can pull you to the depths. He can simply drown the rescuer. Very poetic indeed. And this quickly accelerating escalation is the result of the unilateral ban on imports of Ukrainian grain by Poland, Hungary and Slovakia. Last weekend, um, And Kiev had taken the first step in a trade dispute by filing a complaint to WTO against Poland. And Polish Prime Minister was, was quoted um, that um, Poland will not be sending any more weapons to Ukraine as it is focusing on its rearmament. And it is, of course, all in the context of the parliamentary elections in Poland, October 15th, uh, and the support of the farmers for the ruling Law and Justice Party is essential for them to stay in power. So um, we in the Liberal Europe are getting at the, to the bottom of this crisis, and this is why I invited Hanna Cichy, um, uh, a leading economic voice in Poland, I said, uh, from Political Insights to, to talk about those issues. So Hanna, please tell us what is really behind all this crisis that we, that we described in the introduction to the podcast. So I think you can say there are two layers of it. The first is that... Uh, Um, the Polish agricultural sector um, has found itself in quite difficult situation right now because the costs of production are high. For example, cost of fertilizers, uh, but also uh, cost of uh, fuel um, needed by um, by the farmers. Uh, labor costs are soaring, uh, which is the problem that we can see pretty much uh, across uh, the whole economy recently, right? Uh, and the other layer is uh, political. Mm, agriculture is highly politicized in Poland. Um, actually, I'm afraid that it's looking more and more like the coal mining sector and the energy sector. And uh, the, the producers and the agricultural community has been used to being treated very well by the politicians, especially when we're coming to the elections. And the politicians are willing to promise them that they will protect them from any kind of troubles, uh, for example, from the external competition. And uh, here mm, the Ukrainian grain enters the scene. Um, and the Ukraine is simply more competitive on the agricultural market than, than Poland is. And uh, it will always be like this. It's, it's not only because uh, the Ukraine does not have to follow the EU rules, for example, on use of chemicals that we have. Uh, and it's not only because the mm, structure of the agriculture is different. They have big companies and um, 
polyph agriculture is very much a small and medium size uh, uh, producers simply not as efficient, not as technically savvy. But uh, the one thing that we cannot change and will never change is that they have better soil, better climate, so they will always be more competitive than us. So uh, we have the Polish farmers who are in some more or less real trouble and uh, feel threatened by the cheaper uh, imports of uh, of Ukrainian grain. And uh, and we have the upcoming election, as you mentioned uh, earlier. So um, it's really uh, kind of an explosive uh, situation. As a result, uh, and, and the fact is that, uh, well, if you see the other countries, the other countries bordering Ukraine, um, they are in a similar situation, some even in a worse situation, because they're smaller countries with with less productive production capacity than, than us. Um, but they have different approach to this. For example, Romania. Uh, Romania said, okay, there will be a problem with the Ukrainian grain, not only last year, but also in the following year. So how, what can we do? Not only not to lose on it, but also maybe to earn on it. And Romania started investing in uh, transportation capacity. And now they can even earn some money on uh, being... Um, uh, a transportation hub for the Ukrainian grain. And Poland, uh, Polish government did a lot of talking. Uh, we had really a lot of talking about the the transit capacity, uh, the port infrastructure, the storage infrastructure. But there's a lot of talking and really not so much of an action. Uh, for example, uh, there has been some governmental support uh, for building um, grain silos. Uh, but it has only been distributed this summer. And we knew pretty much for 18 months that there will be a problem. And we knew for at least six months that the problem is here to stay. Yeah, I, I just want to ask you, it's because it seems, I think, very uh, unobvious for anyone watching from, from the outside, because the price of grain seems to be established in the global markets. Why is the export of grain on the global markets through Poland, such an issue for the prices, for the domestic prices in Poland. Is it really because of the proximity of the Ukrainian markets or this transit hasn't really happened? Why is this an issue? Because Ukraine has been exporting grain for, for ages and now that it's going through Poland, it seems to be the much larger an issue than ever before. Uh, well, mm, there are no easy answers, like usually in the economy. So uh, grain is a commodity and the price is basically set on the global level. I think that the problem might be with the difference between the expectations and the reality that Polish farmers had. Last year, the prices skyrocketed after the Russian invasion on Ukraine. And maybe some people thought, okay, the prices will always be that high. Mm, and actually, even the Polish agricultural minister, ex-minister now, uh, Mr. Kowalczyk, uh, in the peak of the summer last year, told uh, farmers, uh, do not sell your grain, wait for the prices to get higher, they will get higher. And pretty much from the moment he said it, well, not, 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 not because it's his fault, but maybe he was quite unlucky, uh, the prices started to fall. Because when Ukraine uh, started to export grain from the Black Sea Corridor or uh, untapped some other uh, channels, like, for example, through Romania or um, through other European countries, the prices normalized. They didn't fall, they, they normalized. This is what happened. 
Uh, and uh, this year we have a pretty good harvest across the world. Uh, we have um, moderate demand for the grain, so the prices are even lower than they have been before the Russian aggression. But, uh, well, human beings are constructed this way that they would like to blame someone for their troubles. And if they see uh, a truck or uh, a train loaded with Ukrainian grain passing through their fields, they say, okay, this is this guy's fault, right? Um, I, I'm not willing to say that the Ukrainian grain did not stay in Poland. And there probably have been some local market disturbances, especially in the eastern part of Poland, because the Ukrainian grain were cheaper than the one produced on this territory. And um, the, the Ukrainian side, the producers the, um, wanted to, preferred to sell it right there on the spot, on the, on the border, close to the border, because uh, this way they cut on transportation costs. The road transport, the train transport is simply very expensive. And if the price is set globally, it means that there is less money for uh, for the Ukraine. But this year should have been different than last year, because last year the Ukraine has the uh, harvest from the previous year, unsold um, before the war, and this was a record harvest. And this year uh, the harvest is uh, smaller and, there is, uh, and the quality of the grain is worse. And actually, the quality of the grain is worse in both Ukraine and Poland, simply because of the weather. Um, so, in theory, we are both needing a good quality grain. Uh, so, uh, there should not be a problem with either the good quality grain exports from Ukraine, for, because they don't have it, uh, or um, for, the, for, for the insufficient demand on the Polish side. And a good uh, example of how the price is uh, set on the global level is uh, another uh, agricultural sector. It's the poultry, the, the chicken sector. Ukraine is exporting lots of its chicken to the EU recently. They're not uh, going exactly to the Polish market. They're, um, they're directed for the other European markets. Uh, and the prices in Europe fell significantly. Uh, so the so the Polish exporters of pretty much those same chickens can cannot earn on exporting their chickens to Germany, France, etc. The problem is not only political. There is uh, like a re real side economy part of the problem. We have opened our market to a big, efficient competitor uh, with good natural um, situation with uh, big specialized companies that we don't have, that we cannot compete with. The problem is how we treat this situation, because uh, the government is not really trying to find long-term solutions. Uh, for example, there is not much talk of how can we make Polish agriculture more competitive, or how can we cooperate with Ukraine, for example, to get to the higher level of a value chain. Poland is very strong in processing food. Ukraine doesn't have this sector. It's very weak. It doesn't know the European market. It doesn't. It isn't as innovative, as advanced as Polish one. So in theory, we could put both profit on the situations. We would could buy the Ukrainian grain and make a pasta out of it, right? As simple as that. But when the politics and emotions and elections come into the equation, it uh, stops being simple. 
let me ask you now. Uh, we we just see the couple of days ago that EU ban has been lifted on the imports of Ukraine grain. Grain uh, it's been only installed in May, and uh, the EU Trade Commissioner Valdis Dronovsky said that this these are the exceptional safeguards and not something should be done for unlimited periods. Uh, what was the rationale for installing them in the first place? And do we see that reaction from the other countries which are affected, Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, especially, I don't think Romania and Bulgaria actually following the, this, uh, this embargo, uh, unilateral embargo. Is it possible that those countries will see their interests differently than Poland and Poland will become isolated? Like, what was the response on the EU level and do you think, in your in your opinion, do you think that this response was adequate, and those safeguards are adequate in a way that Polish farmers and farmers, EU farmers in general, could feel could feel safe? The EU introduced the import ban uh, temporarily uh, when uh, there were a problem with the Black Sea uh, transit channel, and we knew that it will not stay forever. The ban will not stay forever. Uh, so the, what EU wanted to achieve is to give the bordering countries and give the whole European agriculture sector time to prepare for this, for example, to sell what is in their silos, to think how can we improve the transit. And some countries did that and some countries didn't. And um, the reaction from other neighboring countries is different also on the on the political level, because um, Poland has been on a war with the Brussels, with European Commission for many, many years. Um, and actually, this is why uh, Polish and Hungarian reactions are um, pretty much in line. Even Hungarians are more radical than, than, than we are. They um, extended their imports ban on uh, almost 25 agricultural food products. Meanwhile, uh, for example, Slovakia said, okay, um, you know, we're not ready. Um, we want to extend the ban, but only for 30 more, more days. And let's come with the EU and with the Ukraine and talk what will happen after these 30 days. How can we prepare uh, to, to, to lift the ban? And this is completely different discussion, of course, when you say something like this, I need more time, let me prepare, let us talk the situation through. And the result is that the Ukraine said, okay, We'll give you this time, and we're uh, withdrawing the um, WTO uh, complaint against you. This is what happened today. Um, meanwhile, Poland said, uh, uh, you're ungrateful, uh, you don't appreciate what we do for you, and we will protect uh, our uh, agricultural sector at all costs, uh, and the EU doesn't understand us. So well, there is no, not even a lot of space to, to, to talk here, right? And probably it it could have been different if we are not we are not coming uh, to uh, to the elections, right? Yeah, I, I can see the situation. Actually, what happened this this week? The situation deteriorated very, very, very fast and unexpectedly fast. We were all um, expecting that the uh, meeting uh, of the presidents uh, in in the U.S. will lead to the escalation. On Monday, even we talked. Uh, okay, they're escalating now because they want to de-escalate tomorrow, and they have something. They have want to have something to 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 step back from, and this 
very much didn't happen. And this is the first moment uh, in, uh, in, in the last uh, two years that we've seen the presidents uh, not hugging themselves like they used to be, not calling themselves their best friends and brothers, but uh, openly fighting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite true. And I think the reason is that, uh, well, as you said, electorally, it is a no-go for Poland to now do any concessions for Ukraine, even if they are reasonable ones. And secondly, I, uh, I read a couple of days ago that um, according to the Supreme Audit Office, uh, Nick, the increase of imports of grain from Ukraine in 2022 was 16,000% higher. I mean, I couldn't believe those numbers. It hasn't been an official numbers. It's been only leaked by the one of the radios, uh, RMFFM. It's, it seems that if it's true, those numbers were true, the Polish government reaction is very much belated because the, the issue is real. And they sort of have really very little maneuver now. I mean, perhaps it's too late anyway, but uh, I imagine that the, the, the issue is real. And on the other hand, Ukraine, with having blocked most of the Black Sea routes, they also it's also existential issue for them. So perhaps this is the reason why both sides are, are fighting for their lives, really, in this in this case. Even though with Ukrainian case, it's, it's of course an exaggeration because they're really fighting for their lives. But Polish government is fighting for their political life. If if those numbers are real, I imagine that the, the situation might be even much worse than we expect, uh, especially after the latest harvest. So, do you think is that is do you think that there is possibility that after elections the situation might escalate, or do you think that there is a like the room of for maneuver in terms of the of the imports to Poland? Or perhaps the new government will be facing a very similar situation. They'll be also, if it's especially the opposition government, they might be saying, well, we can't do this. We simply can't allow that much Ukrainian grain to come to the Polish markets because, as you said before, uh, selling this on the international markets comes with a very high price uh, because, you, because it's much more expensive to transport it via trains and then through Polish ports, which are blocked anyway. So... Don't you think that that might be actually the issue that will determine the Polish-Ukrainian relations for years ahead, especially also the view of how Poland views the enlargement of Ukraine? This is a very existential threat to the, to the current model of Polish agriculture, which we know is not very keen to change. Well, I do believe that there is a middle path, or even there are middle paths, plural, uh, because um, we could increase and we could have been increasing uh, our transit capacities in the last uh, year and a half. Of course, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but uh, really there is um, not so much signs that anything is actually happening on this front. It's the first thing. The other thing, a very easy thing to, to, to do and to think that you could do overnight, is, and the Ministry of Agriculture is speaking about it for a couple of months recently, and still hasn't really done it, is to uh, reach an agreement with, um, for example, Latvia and Lithuania uh, to move the phytosanitary controls from the Polish-Ukrainian border to their ports. And it would uh, increase the, the transit capacity. It would not solve a problem, but it would be some relief. And the, the number that you mentioned, the, the, the thousands percent increase, you know, it's it's the magic of the small numbers because before the war, the import of grain from Ukraine to Poland was very very small, 
and then yes in it increased increased significantly but the number is so shocking because the starting point was so low so it's it's uh, important to have it uh, in mind and in the long run yes this will be a very big problem for the future relation be- between Poland Ukraine and the EU and i think that what polish political class should think about is this is how the other countries felt in 2004 uh, before the enlar- enlargement and before we entered the mm, the EU a uh, big country with uh, a population willing to emigrate with big agriculture market you know this is the same story pretty much um so uh, what polish mm, side should do is they should really think about how can we cooperate with Ukraine how can we together make things not only food but also steel products ukraine is a great exporter of uh, commodities and raw materials we can use it to finally do what we have been talking about for so long move up the value chains move uh, make more sophisticated produce and export it for higher margin this is what you can do we can buy the ukrainian food commodities and process it uh, even invest in processing plants in ukraine earn money together sell it to the germans to the french to the rest of the world we can do the same with with steel with uh, many other um, commodities with on on lots of other markets uh, but uh, if uh, the politicians will be short-sighted and only see the outcome of the next election or even not the next election but the next opinion pool and telling the the, mm, the farmers that they will be protected no matter of the costs uh, it will create grand, great tensions within the eu and it will make us miss on the opportunities the polish agriculture is not competitive and will not be competitive will be getting less and less competitive even without ukraine joining the eu uh, before the war before the grain crisis we had uh, a very big discussion on uh, how the european green deal will affect polish agriculture it's the same story we're not willing to change we're not willing to embrace the future we're holding out onto the past with uh, outdated um, socio-economic structure in the villages in uh, in the rural areas this has to change it's it's the same story as with the energy market if we are willing to protect the miners whatever it takes we end up with uh, expensive unstable uh, toxic energy big social problem and big conflict with the eu and we're heading with the same into the same situation with the agriculture and uh, there is one actor that you didn't mention before it is vital for ukraine to sell the grain but it is vital for at the end of the day this grain is getting onto someone's plate and we have to be thinking about this people as well non not only because you know it's it's a good and moral thing to do to feed the hungry like very very basic thing Uh, but also if we don't feed the hungry people they will mount those boats and they will swim across the Mediterranean and it will create another tensions in the EU. This is indeed why we are talking about this seems not that huge an issue as grain crisis between Poland and Ukraine has global implications as you 
rightly pointed out in, in, the, in the last intervention. Uh, I think we'll have to end here. I just want to say it's highly uh, surprising to see that Poland, after criticizing countries like Germany for fulfilling their national interests, is doing exactly the same, but on a much more, uh, well, in a much more difficult situation for Ukraine. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Nord Stream 2 and Nord Stream 1. Now we're doing exactly the same as we criticized, rightly so, many countries of the Western Europe. So I do hope, as you, as you, as you said, that this, is the, this crisis will be the incentive to change for the whole agricultural sector in Poland. Hanna Cichy, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you for having me. Okay, this is all for the Liberal Europe this, uh, this week. Please tune in for Ricardo Silvestre next week. Until two weeks, goodbye. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And if you like what we are doing and want to help spreading the liberal values, please give us a five-star review and share with your friends.